Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 16. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. For those of you that um, are new to the church, we teach verse by verse. So if you leave today and we're on verse 4, when you come back next week, we'll be on verse 5. Somebody say amen. That's the right thing to do. Amen. Let me read you a little story before we get going. There was a little old lady. Let me have your attention, if you will. There was a little old lady who every morning she stepped out on her front porch and she raised her arms to the sky and she said, praise the Lord. One day, an atheist moved right next door to the lady, and he became irate at this lady. So one morning, he stepped on his porch, and he yelled, there is no God. Well, time passed with the two of them carrying on this way every single day. The old lady stepped out on her front porch, and she shouted, praise God, praise God. I have no food, and I'm starving. Provide for me, O God. Well, the next morning she stepped onto the front porch and there were two huge bags of Whole Foods groceries sitting right there. I put that in there. And she said, praise God, she cried out. He's provided groceries for me. Well, the atheist neighbor jumped out of the hedges and shouted, there is no God. I bought those groceries. The little old lady threw her arms up in the air and she shouted, praise God, he's provided me with groceries and made the devil pay for them. (laughs) I love that story. I just love it. I should tell it more. I love that story. So if you, I I was actually looking for a segue like from that story and and there is none. So um, if you've been with us, you know chapter you got your pen got your pad you already learned something chapter 13 14 15 16 and 17 are five chapters crammed into one night it's thursday night the night of the last supper the night jesus would be arrested and taken to golgotha and hung on a cross chapter 13 jesus challenged them to serve one another and love one another Chapter 14, Jesus launches an entire chapter to comfort the disciples. Chapter 14 is known as the comfort chapter. If you don't have it written down, write it down. It's known as the comfort chapter. Chapter 14, verse 16 through 17. Go ahead and turn with me. Jesus said he was going to send another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't know him. Look at verse 18 of chapter 14. He's going to leave, but he won't leave them orphans. And then we move into chapter 15 as Jesus begins the vine and the branch discourse. Chapter 15, Jesus had been talking about abiding and comfort and love beginning in verse 18. Were you with me last week? 
Show of hands. Were you with me last week? If you were with me, you know that beginning verse 18, Jesus changes his tone and his tenor. And Jesus changes his tone because he wants them to understand that the world is going to hate them. Look at chapter 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So beginning in verse 18, Jesus is changing his tone from talking about love and abiding and comfort to now he's talking about the world's going to hate him, hate them. He wants them to understand that there's a balance. And the balance is not everybody's going to love Jesus. The balance is not everybody's going to accept this wonderful message of love and hope and life and joy in Jesus. As a matter of fact, their message will be met with hatred and hostility and rebellion, which will result in persecution. Jesus says, you're going to find that the world hates you. If the world hates you, verse 18. Remember I told you that this word if in the Greek language comes with a, what's called a class condition. If, and it does, if, and it does hate you. Jesus said, no, that it hated me first. Jesus said, the world will hate you with the same venom that it hated me. The world will want to kill you just like they wanted to kill me. Simple, they hated me, they'll hate you. They'll want to kill me and they'll want to kill you. And that's just the way it is. Get used to it. Last week, we left off in verse 26 and 27 as Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. And this morning, we pick up in chapter 16. I've titled this sermon, The Work of the Holy Spirit, Part 1. So next week, when you come to church, we're going to be talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, Part what? You guys are so smart. So smart. John chapter 16, we pick up this morning. Let's pick up in John 15, verse 26, and get it in context, okay? John chapter 15, we're looking at verse 26. If you're looking at verse 26, say, I'm looking at it. And when the helper comes, Jesus said, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. These things, chapter 16, verse 1, underline the words, these things, these things. I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues, and yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think he offers God a service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father, nor have they known me. But these things I've spoken to you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I do not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me and none of you ask, where are you going? But because I said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, underline that I told you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, The helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, this is what he's going to do. This will be his mission. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Are you listening? Of sin in verse 9, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. 
of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Stop right there. Give me your attention, saints, if you will. Remember I told you that chapter and verse is not inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it's placed there for easy read, chapter and verse. So chapter 15, verse 26 through 27 goes right into chapter 16, verse 1. Last week, we were talking about persecution, yes? Persecution because of Jesus. And I told you the word persecution is mentioned at least 25 times in the New Testament. Jesus told the disciples that they can expect persecution. Got a pen? Write it down. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. All who live godly in Christ, anybody know the rest? Shall suffer persecution. Luke chapter 6, verse 22. Blessed are you when men shall hate you, and when they exclude, and they revile you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Matthew chapter 24, verse 9. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And there's many, many, many more uh, verses that we talked about last week concerning persecution. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, James says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what, saints? Okay, y'all looking at the same screen I'm looking at? All right, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Some of your Bible says to count it all joy when you fall into, I like this, manifold temptations. I like that. The word manifold means multicolored or different. In other words, trials come in all shapes and sizes, just like people. Somebody say amen. Have you noticed? Trials seem to come in waves, don't they? Hey, where my witness is at? You notice that? Trials seem to come in waves. Just when you think you're done with the trial, and then here comes another one. Just when you think the hammering is done and letting up, here it comes again. The Bible says to count it all joy when you go through trials for Christ's sake. Notice it doesn't say enjoy your trial. I don't know anybody who enjoys trials. Huh? If you do, you're a weirdo. <laughs> Amen. The Bible doesn't say enjoy it. The Bible doesn't even say feel it all joy. The Bible says that we are to count it all joy. The Bible doesn't even say we ought to like it. The Bible says count it all joy. The idea of counting it all joy means to reckon. Write it down. To reckon or consider. We are to consider what we're going through as a matter of joy, not because the thing itself is joyful, but because there's something good happening in the midst of the thing that we're going through. Did y'all get that? We are to consider what we're going through as a matter of joy, not because of the thing itself is joyful, but because there is something good happening in the midst of what we're going through. That makes me, I'm waiting while you all clap your hands. Will you do that? That makes me think of Romans that tells us, for we know. Where am I saying that? For we know 
All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. We know. So you're going through a trial and you're going through a suffering. You can't understand it. You're like, where does this come from? What is going on here? God, I don't understand. The one thing that you can trust, and I know I'm talking to somebody here. The one thing that you can trust is that God is in control. And whatever is going on in your life, God is working for his glory and for your good. Is that right? For his glory and for your good. In the midst of your suffering, we know that something good is going to happen. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. When somebody cuts you off on the 440, count it all joy. Amen. You know, you can really tell how spiritual a person is. When they're out there on the 440 and somebody cuts you off, you can really tell how spiritual. Do you go into road rage or do you go into praise? All right, road rage, raise your hand. I didn't think I'd get any. I didn't raise your hand. I just thought I'd throw it out there. Road rage or praise. You can tell that that's almost a litmus test, if you will, of your spirituality. When somebody cuts you off on the road, do you go in the road rage or do you go in the praise? Count it all joy. A little boy asked his mom, he said, Mom, why is it whenever daddy drives, all the idiots come out? Hmm. Count it all joy. Why? Because there's a purpose in the process. If you don't write anything down, please write that down. There's a purpose in the process. It's not just about getting through the process. It's how you get through the process. Do you get through with joy or bitterness? If you go through with bitterness, you'll miss the blessing. Did y'all get that? If you go through with bitterness, you'll miss the blessing. You'll only get the blessing when you go through it with joy. God wants you. See, God wants us to go through our trials with joy. God, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's happening here, but God, I know I can trust you. God, I know you're working all things together. God, I know that there's no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So whatever the enemy has against me, the Bible doesn't say that the enemy will not form a weapon against you. The Bible says the weapon won't prosper. Did you get that? So we can trust God. And, 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 and then the people look at you and they say, man, man, you, you, you guys are having financial problems and the cancer in your family is causing you to go bankrupt. And how do you have joy? How do you still go to church? And how do you still worship God? And you can just tell them, because I trust God. Because I know that no matter what I go through, God is with me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Am I right about it? If God be for me, then who can be against me? So we count it all joy. It's how we go through. See, you can go through a trial grumbling and mumbling and complaining and sound like a spiritual Eeyore. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe God's going to get us through. I don't know. It sure is gloomy outside. Or you can go through the trial with, hey, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know that God is for me. I do know that I'm his son. I do know the Bible says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I do know that I serve a God 
who will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Not all my greed, but all my need. Write it down. According to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So it's how, do y'all understand what I'm trying to say? Is how you go through a trial. Not just like you get through a trial. Because some folks just get through it. They just knuckle down and white knuckle it and they just get through a trial. And they all mad and disgruntled and you see them at your, how you doing? Fine. How's things going? Great. Really? Well, you don't look great. Well, I am. Don't talk to me. (laughs) How do you get through your trial? That makes the difference. You get through your trial trusting God, you'll get the blessing. And then when you get to the other side of it, I'm trying to help you. When you get to the other side of it, then you'll say, man, I'm sure I'm glad I trust God. I'm sure I'm glad I have faith in God because I pleased God as I went through this trial. And now I don't feel ashamed because then when you get to the other side and you feel ashamed, you go, you know what? I should have trusted the Lord all the time because he was going to work it out for my good anyway. And for his glory, I should have trusted him all the time. You see? So trust the Lord in everything. Count, reckon, consider it all joy. Turn your trial into triumph. But you got to Go through it, counting the joy, knowing whatever happens, God is in control. Well, Jesus begins this section in chapter 16 by repeating the warning that the world will hate the disciples because the world hates Jesus. Now, listen, this word world, I want you to write this down. This word world isn't the world that you see, like the cosmos, like the birds and the trees and the earth and water That's not what we're talking about, the cosmos. This word world refers to the world system. The world that is anti-Christ and anti-God. God looks at the world system and says it's corrupt. God looks at the world system and says it's dangerous and polluted. Jesus said the world that is anti-Christ and anti-God is going to hate you. James chapter 4 verse 4, write it down, memory verse. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy with God. In other words, you cannot listen to me. You cannot be a friend of the world system and a friend of God. It's impossible. Just like Jesus said, you can't have two masters. You will either love the one or hate the other. Our hearts are not made to be divided like that. Are y'all getting this? You're not made to be divided like that. You're not made to worship two gods. You're made to worship one God. Now, I say that you worship the one, the only true God, the God who has hands that can reach out and touch, the God who has, who has ears that can see what you're going through, the God who has a mouth that can speak. David talked about those gods. He said they have mouths, but they can't speak, ears, but they can't hear, eyes, but they can't see, hands, but they can't reach out and touch. These are idols of silver and gold, the work of men's hands. And they that make them are like unto them. But we serve one God. His name is Jesus Christ. We serve one God who can help us. 
and one God who can help us and will help us. But you cannot be a friend of the world system and a friend of God. Here's why. Because the Christian life, as we talked about it last week, did we not? The Christian life goes against the grain of the world. You see, the world says this, but the Christian says that. Have you noticed the world is minimizing and putting down men? And God's word honors men. Because men are important to the family structure. Men are important to the community. Y'all say amen. And thank God for the men. Say that. Say thank God for men. And, and women have their place, and the world is trying to mess all that up. The world's trying to mess all that up and twist up the family. And who's to say what a family is? A family is two people loving each other and loving, you know, the children and loving the cat. God says what a family is. One man, one woman, children. And everybody take their place in the family. And that's what we're going after here with the men's Bible study and the men's ministry. That's what we're going after. We're going after men who are willing to step up and be men and go against the grain of the world and not love the world system. That's who we're going after. Be that as it may, in verse 1, look at verse 1. These things I've told you so you won't be made to stumble. These things, what things? These things, right here in your margins, chapter 15, verse 18 through 25. Those things. That he was going to send another comforter of the same kind, class, and caliber, even the spirit of truth. That they should abide in him and you'll bear fruit. More fruit, verse 2, much fruit, verse 5, chapter 15. Remember to keep my commandments, and that would prove that you love me. Remember these things, that they should love one another and serve one another, that they should remember his example of humility and washing each other's feet, and, 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 and that he was going to prepare a place to uh, eventually receive them unto himself. Remember these things, these things I've spoken unto you. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, you have no idea what's coming, so let me get you ready so you don't stumble or stagger. I told you so when it happens, you won't be surprised. Jesus says, I told you so you'll be equipped for battle. I told you these things so that your eyes will be open. I told you because when I leave, it's only the beginning. The hostility and the hatred that the world had for me is going to be directed at you. And it will be directed at all those for all time and eternity who represent me. Jesus is saying, I told you because to be forewarned is to be forearmed. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. And sure enough, Jesus was right. Because all the disciples except one died a martyr's death. We pointed that out last week. And look at verse 1 again. I like the way King Jimmy reads verse 1. These things I have spoken unto you that you should not. Anybody reading King Jimmy? King James. King James Version. It says these things I have spoken unto you that you should not be offended. Anybody reading that? It says offended, doesn't it? The Greek word for offended is scandalizo. Scandalizo. We have the word what, saints? Scandalize, exactly. Offend. It literally means a bait stick that held up a trap. 
If you wanted to catch a prey, you would put bait on a stick. And when the animal would pick up the scent of the bait, he would hit the stick and with the bait on it and the trap would come down. The scandalon was the trigger that pulled the trap down. Matthew chapter 13, verse 20 through 21. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. And yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he does what, saints? Stumbles. That word stumbles is scandalizo, offended. Jesus said, when the word went out, some received it with joy. But when the persecution and pressure came because of the word, some were scandalized and some were offended. Jesus is saying, men, I'm telling you this, that you might not be caught off guard, that you might not find yourself moving about the world, not realizing that there's a trap set for you. Jesus says, I don't want you to get trapped without even knowing it. And is there anything more true then this statement right here, Christians are being trapped and they don't even know. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.